This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, I'm here. This is John Kelly, by the way. I never say my own name, Jeremiah. I always just announce you. And I've had so many comments from people going, well, who the heck's the guy talking at the beginning? So, John Kelly here with my good friend, as always, Jeremiah Stringer. And Jeremiah, you're in a new location. I am. We're all set up here, man. Uh, and by set up, I mean I stuck a camera in front of me and tuned in tonight. Yeah, but where are you, Jeremiah? Explain where you are right now, because this is a this is a big deal. I have moved to a new location. We sold our house, bought a different house. I would say new, but it's new to me, and uh, I have my own little dedicated studio. Now, one of my dogs is in here with me right now, Petey, but uh, ordinarily I shared my YouTube studio with the dog kennels. But now, no more. You'll see when you come to the house, John. I can't wait, man. I haven't been there yet, and I'm really excited to come out and check it out. I do know uh, that he's on the left-hand side of the screen. A couple of beardos. I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> uh, I think I, I'm trying to read the comments as we're sitting here talking. I'm like not sure what, what exactly is happening right now. I think uh, that he's. I think Jeff is saying that normally I'm on the other side. There we go, Jeff. Oh, Jeff can sleep easy tonight. Now, now Jeff will be much happier with everything right now, so that's good. Uh, this is going to be a good show tonight, man. Oh, dude. This is going to be a good one. We're bringing the heat. Got a great we, great guest. Basically, what we decided to do was bring some professionalism to the Backpacking Podcast. We decided to bring in somebody who's actually good at podcasting to oh. to show us what to do. Yeah, great guest and great sponsor tonight. Yes, fantastic sponsor. Our sponsor tonight is our good friends over at Outdoor Beards. And uh, as always, Jeremiah, I've been using Outdoor Beards now for well over a year. And they have not failed me. Like, I think the best part about Outdoor Beards isn't just the beard stuff. But I'm like you. I've kind of become a big fan of the soap, the bars of soap they have. Yeah, I actually, I have like every scent that they they have. And I unboxed them all. And I laid them all out, and I was like, Bridget, who's my wife? I was like, you get to pick out the next scent. What do you want this body to smell like? And Wow. Uh, yeah. She loved – she, she – uh, I can't remember what the name of it is now. It's I think it might be uh, in the woods. I don't know. It smells like pines, man. It smells just like the woods. She absolutely loved it. So you smell like one of those trees you hang off of your mirror in your car? Is that what you smell like? <laughs> <laughs> not quite but i did uh i was putting on some beard balm i, I like the beard balm after the shower if you see. i do too i do too the, I, I used the oil for a while but i got to where i think i like the beard balm better i like them both but i like the balm after the shower to kind of style it and uh she walked in there and she's like are you making coffee in here and i was like ah. oh oh use the chocolate coffee one is that what you used yeah yeah, the coffee. Yeah. Yeah, it smells great, man. My wife likes that one a lot, a whole lot. So, but uh we are big fans of Outdoor Beards and they have been a big fan of the show and they've been our they were our first ever sponsor. Yeah, outdoorbeards.com. Still hanging with us. Yeah. Check check out outdoorbeards.com and see all their different products. You know, they got the soaps, they got the combs, the brushes, they got the bombs, the oils, the, the the mustache wax, they got chapstick. I mean, they have a whole assortment of things. And, you know, the holidays are coming up, some great stocking stuffers too. So make sure you check them out. Yep. So thank you to Outdoor Beards for being a part of the show. And now it is time, Jeremiah, to bring in our guest for tonight. Uh I made a horrible Bugs Bunny reference uh, previous to this thing starting. I'm not going to do it now, but if you'd like to, you can, Jeremiah. But let's welcome to the show Doc from the John Freaking Muir podcast. What's going on, Doc? What's up, Doc? How's it going, guys? (laughs) There it was. There it was. I I beat you to it. (laughs) Nice, dude. 
You have. Hey, I am happy. I am happy to be here. I'm excited to be here tonight, talking to you guys, and uh, really looking forward tonight to tonight's conversation. Thank yeah. you so much for your kind words about the podcast. Yeah, for sure, man. I actually have appeared on Doc's podcast, the John Freaking Muir. Am I saying that right, Muir? You are. There's no no G in the in the freaking, so it's John Freaking Muir Pod. Yeah, I was on there, had a great conversation. Doc does an awesome job. He he actually structures his podcast, and, uh, you know, we had awesome conversation on there. On here, we're a little bit scattered, but uh, I know we're going to get into some great stories, and, yes, there will be poop talk tonight. Okay. So we'll just go ahead and get it out of the way at the beginning. It's coming. Like, like. Our coming. guys who are out there that just live and die by the poop, you you will be covered tonight. Well, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> Straight um, down the poop chute. Let's let's just say we're, we'll be talking about it. It's coming. <laughs> um, I do want to say something though. Jeff Peters, he was the he was the one that made the comment that we were on the wrong sides of the screen, and then when we changed we changed him, he goes, "Whoa, freaky." <laughs> For those people he, just listening. We do have a video version of this podcast on YouTube. We, we typically live stream Monday nights at 8. We pushed a little bit because, Doc, you're actually out west, right? That's correct. I, we, I just choked down some dinner and, and jumped on the show here. So thank you for making that accommodation for me. Well, we were so excited to have you on. We were more than willing to push it back a half hour. That was like a no-brainer. We were like, if it gets Doc on the show, we're going to do it. So, Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. So you, it, go ahead, Doc. I was just going to say that the uh, the Pizza Ninja, he's going off in the comments and just want to let you guys know that I agree your beard game is strong tonight. Uh, Jeremiah, I think it's a good, you know, inch or two longer than the last time we talked. I mean, it's looking pretty, pretty fierce there. Well, thanks. We actually have, uh, we have some haters in the past when we talk about our beards, but. Uh, well, I was going to say something real quick about Jeff Peters, real quick. Jeff Peters, he is solely responsible for a video I put out last week. Oh, what did Jeff say? Well, I, I did a video on beginner mistakes and Jeff commented in my, in my comments below it. He put, so what about people who are veteran backpackers? What about their mistakes? Uh, and I was like, that's a great idea. And so that's the video I made this week. And it was because of Jeff. Oh, shout Jeff out to is Jeff. basically a genius. That's basically what it comes down to. And that is the premise behind my podcast is that uh, bad decisions lead to great stories. That's yes. And, 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 you know, we're all guilty of making bad decisions, whether we're, we're novice or experts. Well, let me ask you this, since you just brought that up, what is the worst decision you ever made on trail? Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's right just go there, for it. Let's just right go there for on it right the now. spot. On the spot. Let's do it. Well, I, I think, uh, from some of the feedback I've gotten from some of my listeners about some stories that we've told on the podcast, I think maybe my worst decision was we were on the, the John Muir trail. Uh, in the Sierras, in the in the in California, and we were making our approach to Forester Pass, which is about thirteen thousand two hundred feet. And when we started the day, it was it was nice and sunny. Uh, it is a long approach to get up to the top of Forester Pass. Uh, it's a good five seven mile build up, and it takes a long time because you're you're at altitude, you're under you're underweight with your packs, and uh, it, it it can be quite a trek up there. And it was sunny when it started out. And about, you know, we're, we're maybe a mile and a half, mile from the top. And uh, the weather rolls in. It gets cold. Fog rolls in over the, over, the, over the pass. It is just, you know, exactly what you would think. You know, it's just mesmerizing when that fog just kind of curls over the top. And then the fog is accompanied by wind and rain and hail. And then, you know, we're about a half mile from the top. And uh, the thunder and the lightning starts. And there oh. we are with two metal poles in our hands heading to 13,200 feet. We are too far up to say, you know what, let's just get to, let's go, let's turn around and go back. And so we did a sprint, a sprint as, as fast as you could go at, at that altitude underweight uh, up and over the, the top and down the other side. But it was, I think we were hypothermic by the time we got down to the bottom and, you know, there was electricity in the air. I'll put it that way. Oh, well, I'm glad you're still around to tell the story. Yes. Yes. I, I had a, a guest on the podcast just recently who talked about his experience this summer in the Sierras. And he was about uh, maybe 50 yards away from a, a tree that was struck by lightning. And he couldn't feel, he couldn't hear, he couldn't see. And his, his hands were numb and tingly for about 25 minutes. 
So that Ooh. that is way close. Yeah, uh, that's it, scary. You say it blinded and deafened him for a period of time. Well, he he said you know you get get that after image in your retina when you look at the sun. Uh-huh. Yeah. So with the lightning, it it took it 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 messed with all his rods and cones. And he he couldn't he couldn't see anything for a little bit. And he said it was the loudest sound that he had ever heard. It started like he said it sounded it sounded like it started inside of his head, and uh, you know just had that reverberation in his ears for a while after as well. That is so scary. That is one of my big fears, man. When it comes to like the storms, uh, some people may have heard about this before, but I was out in Holy Cross Wilderness in Colorado, and it seems like every day. About one o'clock, a storm rolls in at those high altitudes. I don't know what it is. It's like they make their own weather. And um, I, I was scared to death, dude. We set up a tarp, and all of us huddled under there and tried to get out. of It was hailing, and we were just trying to get out of there. And I was like, please, please, a cloud, don't roll in and start lightning. Because you're up there. You're basically in it. Right. And Jeremiah, I mean, if, if you want to tune in, I think it's the November 6th uh, episode with Grant Breidenbach. It goes by Detour. Uh-huh. He is he's actually the son of a meteorologist. And so he went into excruciating detail as to how these weather patterns form and what he found himself in. Wow. I think it's wow. John. I don't think I ever told you, but before I was a uh, I'm just making this up high school football star. I did play high school football. I was no star. But before I got into that. He was all state in his own mind, though. <laughs> I, did, I, played my, I played a little high school football. Before that, though, I was in, some, called, I was in something called Science Olympiad. And it's basically uh, like academic team, if y'all have heard of that. Yeah. But for you, were, you were a mathlete. Yes. It was, it was like math and science. So you did different competitions and actually went to state in that you had to get first place in region and go to state your boy's representing for his alma mater way and, to go, dude <laughs> for science <laughs> olympiad <laughs> so anyway one of the events that i studied for and competed in was meteorology i've always thought it's fascinating that and astronomy but the meteorology and understanding the weather patterns and all that i think now it's all just fell out of the side of my head because that was in maybe sixth or seventh grade but it's it's very fascinating. Well, all I know is that I went back. I was out this past weekend with Mark goes hiking. Um, he came down to the Red River Gorge. I met up with him, and we I did an overnight with him and some friends of his. And we were reminiscing on a trip that you had with him last year. It was him and Brad Felton from uh, Crow Flies Hiking, mm-hmm. or as the Crow Flies Hiking. And you guys actually almost got struck by lightning up near Oxier Ridge. In the River Gorge. Oh, that was scary. I I took them. I thought I knew where I was going because I'd been there before. But no, we were in the heat of the moment. Brad actually had an umbrella. So he's holding his, his umbrella and there's a storm right on top of us. And we made a turn. And when we started going uphill, I knew we were going the wrong way. And it was like lightning thunder at the exact same time. Super scary. But that night, um, Mark and I sat out, watched the stars. And I think something, another thing that's so fascinating, sometimes in the valley, it's just all completely covered in fog. So especially at night, it looks just like a lake. And I actually showed Bridget a picture that I took last time I was out at Red River Gorge. And I'd stay at this one spot overlooking a valley and she was like, where were you? What What is the lake doing there? And I was like, that was the fog. It's so cool sitting there at night, like watching it rise up, like literally through where you are. And in the mornings too. I mean, you'll see it in the mornings when you first wake up because it all settles in, during the night. And then as that heat comes, it just kind of rises up out of the valley with the sun. And uh, it looks like it's on fire sometimes. It just looks like smoke all yeah. through the all through the valley. It's really cool. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So, hey, so hey, Doc. Go ahead. Okay, yes. question. You, I'm, I'm looking at this list of trails that you have done, and it's fairly insane. I mean, you've, you've definitely been around. What of all the trails that you have done? Is there one spot that, if you were told you had one time for the rest of your life, you could go back to one spot one more time? Which one would it be? 
So I think the southern half of the JMT, the John Muir Trail, is the best half. You spend about 80% of your time over 10,000 feet. I love the, the uh, you know, being above the tree line and just the granite landscapes and the high alpine lakes. Um, there is a section right after, if you're going southbound, uh, you come to something called the Golden Staircase. If anybody's watched Wild out there, I think Reese Witherspoon's character talks about the Golden Staircase. Um, and, you know, you're going up the Golden Staircase. It's about 1,500 feet of vertical climb. Uh, it takes you uh, maybe two hours to, to, to get up. It's serious uphill. But at wow. the top of that is a couple of lakes called the Palisades Lakes. And they are just absolutely gorgeous. And I, I have a theory that the most beautiful places come after the hardest of uh, sections. Uh, I think I think you're just you're just beat and you're spent and uh, it is just you're just so happy to be at the you know the the destination after the all the hard work yeah. and so I think the Palisade Lakes will be a great destination and there's something right before uh, there's another lake right before the, the John Muir Pass uh, Muir Pass called Wanda Lake and I don't know if you guys know but the you know all, all the lakes and features. Uh, named in and about the Sierras and around the John Muir Trail all have some some significance to their names. Um, and Wanda Lake and Helen Lake are on either side of Muir Pass, and they are the daughters. They're named after the daughters of John Muir. Oh, Helen, wow. That's Wanda. cool. Yeah. Yep. Do people go that's fish? Really cool. People go fish up there? People do, yeah. I, I've, I've run into a number of, of thru-hikers that carry their poles in, and they do some fishing out there, yeah. It never ceases to amaze me. These lakes that that have these fish, I have no idea how in the world those fish end up there. Yeah, I think they get stocked. I think I think the the national park stocks them occasionally. Oh wow, that's wow. cool. They actually mm-hmm. just did that in the Red River Gorge just this past week. They just stocked uh, a lot of the creek and the Red River and everything. Yeah, so, I, but I don't know how do they stock those at that elevation. They do everything by copter. I well, I know that they they fly the the rangers in the the backcountry rangers into the ranger stations by uh, by helicopter. So I, that'd be my guess. Dude, it's a it's a completely different set of challenges out west than it is like where we live in Kentucky. And I know we frequent Red River Gorge a lot, and it's beautiful, but it is so different heading out west. The real mountains, dude. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are high, and and to get out into the middle of nowhere, you, you've got to you've got to put in the work uh, to get out there. Yeah, and yeah, the but that, that's that's the point of the payoff. That's that's what those views are. They're the payoff. Like you're earning that. You know what I mean? Like there's just something different about when you've you've just hiked up, like you said, a fifteen hundred foot climb in two hours. You know, that's like a mile, mm-hmm. and you're worn out when you get to the top, and then there's the view, and you just sit. And you you get the chance to rest, but you're also enjoying that view at the same time. I mean, there's just nothing that beats that. It, it's right. one of the reasons I backpack is I want to see the view. You know, my very first pseudo backpacking trip was Kilimanjaro, so it's like it's it's hard to to compare anything to that in the U.S. You know what I mean? But there are places in the U.S. that just have a different view altogether. Um, you're not going to have those kinds of lakes and stuff down in Africa. Um, even, even here at the, in Kentucky there, I had a friend, uh, Doug Beaumont who came out here. He lives in California, hikes out there all the time. He came out here and, uh, he couldn't believe what he saw. He thought Kentucky was just going to be these like nicely manicured trails where it was basically super easy hiking and the views are going to be okay. And then he saw some of the stuff and he was blown away, which was really cool. Do you it was think- really cool. You think that people are kind of like uh, they get in their own head of what their expectations are when they're going to go somewhere. And, you know, sometimes I live here, so sometimes you can be underwhelmed. But if you came here, then it may be something different than what you're used to. And then you're like, wow, this is great. I totally think that so much in life is all about expectations and what you go into it thinking and expecting and uh, then being confronted with the reality of it. And on, on my podcast, I've talked to a number of long trailers, people who have done, you know, all three of the long trails, you know, triple crowners. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I always want to ask them, you know, when you show up to your first long trail, whether it be the, the CDT, the AT or the PCT, you know, what did you expect 
And then how did that differ from the actual reality? And uh, it's, it's, uh, I love to hear their, their responses. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's my dream to do the John Muir Trail. That's one of the trails I really want to do, and I've I've watched the movie Mile Mile and a Half about eight thousand three hundred and twenty seven <laughs> times at this point. Actually, watched it this past week in my hammock, trying to fall asleep during a storm, and uh, <laughs> and I was just like, every time I watch that movie, it just makes me more excited about going. And uh, I, I'm lucky because I've done I haven't done one of the major long trails, but I did do the Sheltoe trace. So I understand the blisters and the bad days and hiking and storms and, and all that stuff. But man, when I see those mountains out there, Oh my gosh, man, like the Sierras, I'm just ready. It's like, if I could pack up tomorrow and go, I'd do it. I just have, I just would come back to a very angry wife. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great goal to have. Uh, Sierras are just incredible. In fact, on the PCT, you know, the PCT hikers, the first thing they, what they do every day for the first 700 miles is talk about the Sierras. You know, they, they build it up to, you know, if it's a high snow year or a low snow year, they're, they're wondering what they're going to encounter and what the challenges are going to be. And so, uh, it, it is an incredible place. Yeah. I've watched a number of people who have had to like wait in a town or a city until the snowpack comes down a little bit because it was a little too deep. And basically it's more than just post holing it's your whole leg going down, That's you know, right. and uh, having to really rethink their, their timetable on doing the PCT because of that. Yeah. They, they generally start in March down at the, the Mexican border. And the goal is to not get to the Sierras prior to June 15th. June 15th is kind of their, their marker to, you know, hopefully most of the snow is, or some of the snow is, is melted away and it's a little better condition depending on the year. Uh, so since um, you've done backpacking through that kind of terrain, have you had experience with like using crampons, snowshoes, ISEX, that kind of stuff? Uh, no, I haven't. You know, th- there was a, in 2019, no, 2017, 2017, I went, I went with my son and it was a particularly high snow year. We did the Southern half of the, of the JMT. That's that part of the trail that is 80% over 10,000 feet. And, you know, we read all the warnings about the high water crossings and the amount of snow still out there. And we were, we were kind of, uh, we made a decision. And I don't know if it was the best decision, but we made a decision. We, we were weighing our packs and deciding what to bring and what to leave behind. And we had we gotten micro spikes uh, just in case. And we'd also gotten, um, you know, one pound chairs. And they're about equal in weight, you know, the micro spikes, spikes and, the, and the chairs. And we were trying to cut weight and we decided, yeah, we could probably do without the micro spikes. And so we, we brought the chairs instead to have that, that uh, back support when we sat down. You guys uh, are my kind of hikers, man. You guys are my <laughs> kind of hikers. I would probably do the exact same thing. I'd be like, I'd rather just bring like shoes that can handle that and not have to bring the micro spikes. That way I can bring a chair. Yeah. And going up to, I talked about Muir Pass earlier. The worst part of the trip was Muir Pass because the mile leading up to Muir Pass and the mile leading down from Muir Pass was just total slogging through the snow and it was just slow and painful and torturous a lot of post holing yeah what time but, of the year were you but nothing ever there but nothing ever nothing dangerous though we didn't run in any kind of dangerous condition conditions in the snow we did this i think it was the end of july hmm. and it was such a heavy snow year i mean it was still everywhere uh so uh, what is the ideal what is the ideal time to hike it i mean it sounds like right at june i mean it's is good but it's still probably a little rough I'm guessing once September, October hits, it starts getting crazy again. Is it like late July, early August? Is it the middle of July? What's the best time to get out there? Yeah, I think middle of July, middle of July to to beginning of September is a middle of July through end of August is good. Um, we did a trip in September and we spent the night at Thousand Island Lake in about 20 degrees. And uh, I had six layers of clothing on and woke up about 4 a.m. Just, you know, everything was shivering and teeth were chattering and I woke my son up. I said, Hey, we got to go. I got, I got to get moving. I'm not going to sit here for the next uh, two hours trying not to freeze to death. Let's, let's, let's get a move on. So we, we so, backed up and, and headed out. So where are you, where, where are you from officially in, in California? So have you ever heard of the Valley? Yeah. The Valley has been featured in a number of uh, movies and pop culture. We live, I grew up in the Valley, San Fernando Valley, which is just north of Los Angeles. And we currently live in Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita 
which is one valley north of the valley. Isn't that the movie that Netflix did a they did a TV show, The Santa Clarita Diet, which was about some girl who's a zombie and eats people? That's correct. Yes. So have you met any zombies there in Santa Clarita then? <laughs> I, I have my suspicions. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. That okay. I, Interesting. I say, so the reason. Okay. Let me. I, I got. There's a reason I asked that question. Okay, in, serious, okay. in all seriousness, it wasn't about zombies. But uh, the reason I ask is, so it's pretty warm there, year round. It is. Yes. So I would see where 20 degrees would be kind of frustrating for you. Like I was thinking to myself, well, I've hiked in, in 20 degrees before. That's not a big deal. But then I was like, wait a second, I got to find out where he's from. Yeah, I'm warm. I'm warm blooded. I, I don't like being cold. Do, do they sell hot hands where you live? I don't think so. I, I don't, I don't know why they would. That, there's not a big market for hot hands yeah. in Southern California. In, in Kentucky, there's a huge deer hunting population. Giant. And hot hands, they're like the go-to. Because if you're sitting in your deer stand, right, and like, you know, deer season, it's cold. You're sitting there, and you got your insulated boots on, and the first thing to get cold is your toes, and you're just sitting there not moving. Like, you can't move around much because you're hunting. Those things, pop those in your shoes, you're good to go. I take those with me. Sometimes, even in the summertime, like, I'm like, oh, I'm taking a 40-degree under, but it may be a little breezy. I better pop a couple hot hands in my in my backpack because uh, – yeah, but that, didn't didn't hot hands destroy like put a hole in one of your quilts? Hey man, I would I live and die by them. I would take a sponsorship <laughs> today by hot hands. Those things, yes, they did. John is right. I bought a uh, zero degree under quilt, and I bought it like the highest fill power I could. So it cost me quite a bit, and then uh, a hot hand. Like it, the it's a chemical reaction in there, and mm-hmm. you basically tear them open and you shake them. <laughs> Somebody was telling me, who was it? I think it was Goat. <laughs> John, you have you met Goat? Yeah, I know him. I, I've not okay. met him, huh? Well, Doc, I don't know if you've heard of his channel. I, I think it's World According to Goat, if I remember right. He doesn't. No, post I'm writing. That. I'm writing that down. <laughs> he is. He is hilarious. One of the funniest people I know. I, I am still convinced that his actual job is a stand-up comedian. Everything he says is funny. Anyway, he was telling me the first time that he met <laughs> the first time he met me, he thought he thought that there was something he doesn't know what, but there was something wrong with me. Maybe I had a twitch or something. You know how like some people different like let's say you had Tourette. Some people have different like twitches, maybe like eye or or some kind of muscle spasm or something. He thought that maybe there's something wrong with me. Because I walked up and I was like, I'd be shaking. And then I'd, I'd shake both hands. And he was like, what's wrong with this guy? And it turns out that I just popped hot hands and they were like starting to cool down. So if you shake them back up, they'll start heating back you, up. You just look like an angry redhead the whole time is all it was. Yeah, he's like, all, all, of, Jer- all of Jeremiah's friends are saying, oh, yeah, that's just Jeremiah. That's Jesus. <laughs> he's got a twitch. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry so about sorry. it. Well, hey, we got a few comments. I want to make sure we get some okay. of our comments in here from our, our podcast listeners. Pavarotti said, you guys especially need to be careful of lightning. We've all seen the way you conduct yourselves. Thanks for the faith in us, Paparazzi. Uh, <laughs> He's right. <laughs> we got a hike to change. Life's best stories always start with, I thought I knew where I was going, but. And then Tree Riot. Where is it at? 20 degrees is almost shorts weather. Yeah, I saw that. Tree Riot giving me a hard time. I, I oh. have to re- I have to read the audience. I need to I need to know who I'm talking to because I should not have brought up the 20 degrees. You guys you guys are cold weather uh, aficionados back there. No, well, Jeremiah doesn't cold. like cold weather. Jeremiah is not cool with cold weather. He's not crazy about it. No, I don't like it because they're so it's such an inconvenience. Like your water can freeze, your uh, your water filter can freeze, your batteries die, especially like if you're filming and stuff. Like, I think John, you know, he's got the new iPhone, so he's doing a lot of that on that immaculate camera. But I'm still taking, like, my Canon. And if you don't have those batteries, like, in your foot box of your um, quilt or your sleeping bag or something, those die. Plus, it's cold. It's just not It's not as comfortable. That's the truth. Well, and, and then also, uh, just don't drop those accidentally in your underquilt stringer. Yeah, the that hot hands. In there. 
the, yep. what I was saying was that when they're really compact, that chemical reaction, you know, it produces a lot of heat. So right I, here, 178 degree hot hands. Yes, they melted that underquilt, that that high fill power, zero degree. That's what happened, yep. man. Mistakes were made. I can make a well, lot of videos on those. Here's a good question for all three of us here. Let's let's ask this question. Hot hands or hot pockets for the trail? Your thoughts? <laughs> hot hands or hot pockets is in like the food? Yeah. Which one would you choose? Hot pockets. I, I'm going hot pockets all the way. Hot hands. No brainer. Oh man. If I could if I could if there was a way for me to, to have a an ultralight microwave out on the trail and take some hot pockets out with me. I'm down with that all day long, man. You heat those all up, then keep you warm, and then you can eat them. Yeah. So I mean, that's double. a eat it right before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Right hey. before you go to bed. Uh, Jeff Peters does have a question, though, for us. And he says, How does Doc dig a cat hole up in the high granite trails? Oh, poop. Very carefully. <laughs> Very carefully. You have to have a metal. You can't. You can't have a. You can't have a plastic deuce of spades. You gotta have. You gotta have a metal deuce of spades to to get you through there. Yeah, you could run into some, some tough spots up there. You got to be really selective and and find a good place. It might take a little bit. Now, there's some some of the places up there you have to take a wag bag. Am I right? Yeah, when you get into the the Whitney the Mount Whitney area, uh, Mount Whitney at fourteen thousand five hundred five. When you get into a, I think I think it's within. Five or seven miles of it, there is a, a cooler outside the Crabtree Ranger Station. In that cooler are wag bags for the hikers to to take. And so there is no pooping in the ground uh, up and around Mount Whitney. You got to poop into a bag and carry it out with you. Yeah, I I still have yet to do the wag bag. I still have yet to do it. Uh, Same here. Same here. We really we, uh, typically, you know, we 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 see the Crabtree Ranger Station sign coming up, and we we pick that spot to do our last poop, and then we. Uh, we just we make it through. He plays the game, Jeremiah. That's right. We got don't a poop in the woods game. That that's a, that's brilliant. That's that's we we have this game that we play where it's like, can can you hold it until the end of the trip or until you get to a privy? That's that's the secret. Can can you hold it for that long? And uh, sometimes that game ends poorly. But uh, yeah, it it sometimes ends poorly. <laughs> 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 so so here's the real question for you doc here's the real question we have to know this okay um if someone was to offer you a poop hammock oh, here we in go. other words a hammock with a hole in the bottom of it that you could sit and enjoy your poop would you use it absolutely yeah i mean uh, you know when you're out there in wilderness and you're doing your business i mean you've got that's the the best views any bathroom has and if you can do it from a hammock heck why not yeah you, you'd I, have to get I, we were yeah. gonna like Doc, man. I knew you, we were gonna like Doc. You would have to get pretty, pretty uh, skilled at digging the hole in just the right spot, just below the hammock. I mean, that might be you know a couple of episodes of trial and error, but uh, I could see that working. You can hang that, and hammock. if you had the wag bag, you could just connect. If they made a, they should make a wag bag connector to the bottom <laughs> of the poop hammock, Jeremiah. You need to talk to your boy over at the Porta Privy and like talk about that, so I, he can make these for the people out west. I texted Thomas last week and I was like, Hey man, we've been talking about the Porter Privy uh, quite a lot on the podcast here lately. And he's like, I dig it. I get, I got a few orders, man. <laughs> the porterprivy.com. He, he literally makes this hammock that is a, a hammock seat with the hole in it. I don't know about the whole wag bag situation though. If you're out, if you're somewhere that you need a wag bag, I'd say the probability of finding two trees that you can hang the hammock from is low, isn't it? You got trekking poles. <laughs> you got trekking poles and tent stakes, dude. What else do you need? Come on. Oh, I, I want to see that. I want to <laughs> see a, a hammock strung between two trekking poles and, and pulled tight with some guy lines. That, that'd that, be awesome. That's, that's it right there, man. I got to say, you just better hope that thing doesn't fail. That's a <laughs> that's no win, especially while you're doing your business, right? I mean, that fails at the wrong the time. Wag you're... Bag connector. If you've got the wag bag connector, you got a better chance of less failure because you don't have to worry about falling in it because you can actually push it away as you fall. So I mean, you know, I'm, there is some can, there is some give and take there. I think I, I think, can see all I can see all kinds of things going wrong with that. <laughs> okay, you actually actually there's something that. Uh, so Doc, he has several, several different poop stories, I'm sure. But there's one in particular 
that uh, I saw here on something that you sent me. And it says, and I quote, how skids earned his trail name. Now, I'm just using my imagination, but I would love to hear the full story since we're talking about poop. Well, let's just talk about the names of the people that are on this trip. Because you had Buddy, <laughs> Chopper, Jukebox, Docs, Big E, and Skids. This just That's sounds correct. like a crew, man. It sounds it like is, one heck of a crew. It was quite a crew. And there's actually two stories in there, if I may. Uh, because I know Tree Ride has asked about you know, how, how we handle the, the high altitude on those hikes. And uh, in answer to that, Chopper, Chopper earned his trail name on the Mineral King Loop in uh, Sequoia National Park when... It's about it's only about 35 miles, but there is some hellacious up and down. And there are two 11,000 foot passes on that at 35 miles. And, you know, on the second day, we went over that first pass, Black Rock Pass, and about 11,000 feet. And he, you know, Dan, his name was Dan prior to this. Now it's now it's Chopper. Uh, he, he was just really hurting. He had a headache. He was, uh, walking a hundred yards and then bending over and throwing up. And oh, no. uh, again, we're too, we're too far up. I mean, we're, and we're out in the middle of nowhere. We gotta, we gotta get up over this pass and get him down lower. And so we went over Black Rock Pass. And the, the problem is, is that between the two passes, between Black Rock Pass and between Sawtooth Pass, uh, we never got down lower than 9,000 feet. And so he's still stuck at altitude. And luckily there was a ranger station down there. And the ranger evaluated him and decided that he had to be choppered out. And oh. so a chopper came in and landed next to the lake. And they, I was hoping they were going to, they were going to tie him to the, the helicopter skids. That would have been a great story, <laughs> but no, they, they, they took him inside the helicopter and, and flew off with him. But uh, yeah, altitude sickness, you know, you could be out at altitude a hundred times and not have a single problem. And the hundred and first time it hits you. Yep. And so I, I always worry about that. And I always try and spend the night before a, a, a hike at altitude, you know, uh, up uh, a little higher than, than normal to try and try and get ready for that. Um, but you just, you just never know. Yeah. And uh, I know that a lot of the John Muir trail hikers, they started happy Isles, the Northern terminus and hike South down to uh, Mount Whitney because that uh, happy Isle starts at 4,000 feet and you kind of build your way up that seems to be, you know, be the best way to acclimate yourself yeah even but, when we did kilimanjaro we did it over seven days we did uh, five and a half days up and we would literally go up and then come down just a little bit mm-hmm. then go up and come down just a little bit and we did that the whole way up to acclimate along the way and uh we had it was so funny because we had a group of guys that were from sweden i think that were in another group and they looked like they were like all in crazy good shape and they were going to do awesome, and literally, we were hiking up the last day, or up hiking up to the summit, and they were some of the guys were walking back down crying. Others were throwing up on the side of the trail. Yeah. I mean, it was like, and these guys were all in crazy good shape. And here's Chubby Me, just kind of going, "Hey guys, what's up?" and just going right <laughs> up. The, you know, it really doesn't. It just you don't know who's going to get hit by it and who isn't. That's right. That's right. And before I get to the skid story, I want to answer Casey Nielsen's question. Uh, Casey, let's get some tutti frutti tonight. That is some frozen yogurt in our local area. My daughter has has tuned in and is asking questions along with the with the rest of the listeners. Oh, is that your there. daughter, Casey? Casey, yeah. <laughs> What's up, Casey? Welcome to the show. That is awesome. I never heard of that dessert. What is that? It's too, It's a, a local store, frozen yogurt store, tutti frutti. Oh, fro-yo, man. Fro-yo. Yes. They closed all the orange leaves. That that was the Froyo where I was living at. There's literally not a frozen yogurt restaurant in my city. Really? Wow. That is that's is depressing. I know. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to sell this house and move. <laughs> that's the only answer. Or start my own frozen yogurt. So the skid story is uh it's a fun story. Uh we we the year before we'd done the southern half of the JMT and basically we we kind of drop into the middle of the John Muir trail and we headed South. So we started at Muir trail ranch basically and headed South. The next year we decided, okay, we're going to, we're going to finish off the John Muir trail. We're, we'll drop in at the, the midpoint again, Muir trail ranch, and we'll head North and we'll finish it in Yosemite. And we had had so much fun with uh, just myself, chopper and buddy the previous year that we, we invited some other folks, my son, jukebox, uh, chopper, son, big E. And then uh, we, we invited a, a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, by the name of Roger, who was a former professional baseball player. He is a big strapping uh, specimen, big guy, strong guy, very athletic. And he showed up for the trip 
and I, I swear his backpack must have weighed 60 pounds. And <laughs> he, he, he brought everything. I mean, he was not going to skimp on oh, any, man. any creature comfort. And we told him, Hey Raj, you know, you don't, you don't need to bring all that. You're not, you're not going to need, you know, you know, two or three different towels. You're not going to need a full size pillow that you got off of your bed. Um, you're not, you're going to regret bringing that. And he's like, Oh no, no, I got this. I got this. This is, this is not a problem for me. No problem. And so he's about six foot five. And when he had his pack on and everything piled on top of his pack, it, it easily went seven feet high. I mean, he, Gosh. he had a lot on him. And so we, uh, that first day we, we took the ferry across Florence Lake. We hiked the, uh, four or five miles to get to the actual John Muir trail. And we took a left turn this time instead of a right turn and headed North. And there's a lot of climbing, uh, that, that first day or so. And on that first day, we're on the side of a, a mountain. We haven't, having picked up altitude all morning long and Raj, he was, he was slowing down. He was not feeling well. Uh, has to go with the kind of ties in with the altitude sickness, right? We yeah. were pretty sure that he was suffering from some, some level of altitude sickness. And so we're on the side of this mountain and it's pretty exposed, not a lot of shade. In fact, we stop at the, the point in the trail where there's maybe one tree, one big pine tree that kind of gives a little bit of shade. Everything is, is wide open and exposed and we're the only ones on the trail and we rest for a while and Raj, he's not doing too good. He wants to take a little extra time. So I, I volunteer to stay behind with him and the rest of the crew, they continue their ascent up uh, to the top of that particular climb to get to, I think Sanger Creek. And we're waiting there for about 15, 20 minutes. And then I hear Raj say, Oh no. Oh no. And I said, <laughs> what? I said what? what's going on? What, what's happening? Oh, I think I'm going to be sick. I, I'm going to be sick. I said, well, just, you know, you could throw up over there. No, no, it's not throw up. It's not. Throw up. Like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, we're out there and there, there's literally nothing except for this oh, tree. And it's about, uh, it's about maybe 20 feet below the trail, this tall pine tree. I said, well, you know, head down to the behind that pine tree. That's the only place, you know, that's, that's available. So he heads off the trail. He disappears behind, behind this pine tree. And literally he, he is there for maybe 10 seconds. And all of a sudden there is this woman and her, her 12 year old son walking up the trail. <sighs> I said, Raj, Raj, you know, someone's coming. He got, and he's, he, he looks, I hear him go, oh, no, oh, no. And he kind of pulls himself <laughs> together and he uh, drags himself back up to the trail. And the, and the woman and her son, they pass us and they, they go about 30 feet past us and they stop and they take a break. Oh. And Raj, who was in the middle of his business, is, is you know, beside himself, uh, <laughs> just trying to hold it together. Uh, while they're, while they're waiting there on the side of the trail and we're waiting and we're waiting oh, and, man. uh, they finally take off again and he makes a beeline for behind that tree and, and finally gets it all out of them. But, uh, from that point on, he was known as skids. Oh, wow. that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That is one of the best stories. That is one of the best stories. That's a good poop story, man. That was, that was really good. Sometimes you're, uh, just in spots where there's just not, there's no privacy, dude. Yeah. And I think, I think, maybe all of us have been in that situation where we, we think we go off the trail to a spot that is uh, secluded and we're in the middle of our business. And the, we, what we don't realize is the trail has taken a turn and kind of doubles back on itself or something. And, and there you are <laughs> in position and uh, someone, someone walks right up and like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Get out those topo maps and make sure you know where you're at, man. <laughs> Doc, did I tell you about the uh, poop rating system? There's a rating system. I got to hear this. Yeah, you don't know about the poop rating? I think that no, it's... Is it, is it like type one fun, type two fun? Is it type one poop, type two, two poop? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's like uh, it's it's like five-star rating, like, like you okay. do like a hotel or something. So I don't think there's an exact science to this, and there's no real set rules. Oh, really? There's no exact science to it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked by that. That that blows my mind. Well, I think it's, I think it's kind of popularized in the uh, through hiking community, just in a bubble. I think. I think that maybe it was just a us thing, but I, I think that it's a thing. It's like, um, you know, you get one star per event so it's like was there toilet paper that gives you a star was there a view 
that gives you a star. You know, did you see wildlife? That gives you a star. Was it at like on a actual toilet seat or did you squat or, and that's kind of subjective. Everybody's got their own thing. So you rate them however you want, but I will tell you, I had a five star in Colorado at the high elevation with the, you know, out in front of you is a beautiful lake. You have snow caps on the, on the giant mountains you know, views for days. You got the fish jumping out of the water out in the lake way out in front of you. That that right there, that's a five-star. It was no skids, but... You bet you're going to have to answer to, to Leonidas. He's part of the Better Poopers Bureau. <laughs> Leonidas is... For those who are listening, literally Leonidas, one of our listeners, uh, just put on here, I represent the Better Poopers Bureau, here to do a survey on poop quality. So, Jeremiah, you're going to have to take that up with the the BPB and make sure that that's all good. I make a motion to instill some type of poop rating system that has official, uh, official stars per each event. Well, man, you need to go up to Pictured Rocks in Michigan. Like, that that's a fun place to poop, let me tell you. Because, like, every campsite has a, a toilet sitting in the middle of nowhere with no walls around it. <laughs> yeah. You just walk up a hill, you walk back a few hundred feet, and it's just there. And you sit down, you just look around and enjoy the view. Can't it's be beautiful outside. I mean, and because of that, the smell's not nearly as bad. You know, because it's able to air itself out while it's sitting there. And, you know, it's beautiful. I mean, you hear the birds singing. You can watch the sunrise. It's beautiful, man. Man, there is nobody I feel worse for than the people that uh, that work these longer trails. And they have the, the different privies. And they had to stir the poop and put in the wood shavings or rot or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I don't know where I came across this. But uh, my boss and I, who went on, we did the Trans Catalina hike, Trans Catalina Trail on an island off the co- off the coast of California. But I came across this, and I was talking about it with him, that there is an actual responsibility out there, something called raking the cone, and that uh, these these backcountry rangers have to take a rake, and you know, it, you can imagine under a, under a toilet seat. I mean, it just mounds up, right? It it, it cones oh. up, and so if it gets too high, I mean, that, that's counterproductive. So they. <laughs> Someone's got to get in there and rake the cone and, and kind of spread it evenly. And so whenever we're having a bad oh. day at work, we say that, uh, well, we're raking the cone today. And that's, that's just the way it works. <laughs> I'm oh. going to steal that. I would sit and think to myself, at least I don't have to rake the cone. That's <laughs> what I would be like. I'd be like, I think my job's bad. No, nah, I don't have to rake the cone. I'm good. I'm great. It's all, it's all perspective. Did you see this from the Pizza Ninja? What, what we need you? a Backpackers podcast card with the rating system that could easily be slipped into your friend's pack. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah. What what a perfect idea for merch, man. Maybe that will be our first merchandise, the official Backpackers podcast card with the poop rating system on it. Oh, hey, I don't know who this pizza ninja is, but he's a savant. He is a brilliant man. Yes. Or woman. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that's right. We I don't think, know. I think so. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I what think- is, can, can someone tell me what Loper made, Lopiramide is? I don't know. Paramide? I assume. Uh, I say, oh, looks like Kevin has rebranded his channel. What up, yes. Kevin? So, um, oh yeah, I remember you know, he, he had made a new intro. It says just take some. I, I just saw. Mod. I just saw that at a glance. I saw that comment at a glance, and I thought it was, he was he was he was making a comment about Leonidas. So I, I misread that. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what that is. And then Jeff Peters seems to know. He calls it a tactical Pepto. Oh, hmm. maybe. Oh. Ken P says Imodium. Oh, here we go. It's an anti-diarrheal. It's, it's basically Imodium. Yeah. Kevin would know he's in the medical field. Yeah. And the pizza, pizza Ninja says that we inspire him. That's how he comes up with these amazing ideas. <sighs> well, oh. you keep coming up with the ideas and we'll continue to inspire you. How does that sound, man? <laughs> it's like a circle. <laughs> a, a constant cycle. Yeah. Whenever I was on the long trail, there is like shelters that you stay at and you have to pay... It's like pretty cheap, you know, five bucks or something. And there's somebody that's there the whole backpacking season. 
and they they literally lived there and uh like spend the night there every night and everything and one of their duties was to take care of those privies and i don't remember which one's which but some of them you couldn't pee in and some you could like it killed the bacteria or something in there but every time i would see like that big pile of dirt over there next to the privy i was like man somebody's gonna be dumping this in here or cleaning this out thank god it's not me but uh i guarantee you that's an underpaid position can I just say, I think the toilet in the middle of the field is far more comfortable from a social aspect than the privies that are on some parts of the Appalachian Trail around the Grayson Highlands area. Because it's you you walk up into this like elevated area uh-huh. that's got a half wall, and you sit there and you can look at everybody, and everybody knows what you're doing up there. <laughs> and there's people all around you. Like I, I would rather have the secluded toilet out, wide open in the woods, than to sit on those thrones of glory up in front of everybody, on the AT. I mean, what is your thought on that, Jeremiah Doc? I mean, which would you rather do? I think that's a fair point. You know, you you watch the military movies, and and uh, I remember, uh, oh, what was the one with uh, uh, Vietnam one, Full Metal Jacket. Full metal yeah. jacket. So you see the bathrooms. They're in there cleaning the bathrooms, and people are sitting on the toilets right next to each other. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, John. I'd rather be out, you know, out in the middle of out in the middle of nowhere with no walls whatsoever. But at least you're you're kind of a little bit removed. And I want to go back to what Jeremiah said. There there are certain toilets where you can poop but not pee. I mean, that would that, you know that could be problematic, and you'd have, you'd have to do your business you do in, in two different spots. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to pee before you go in. You got to pee. You know, and then uh, I think the goal is to make sure that everybody doesn't pee in there. You know, I don't know. I think that's a cruel joke, man. (laughs) They're just trying to do what's best for the environment. How? That doesn't make any sense. No, because the bacteria breaks down the feces. But you so, kill so what does that have to do with urination? That doesn't make any sense. No, I, it has something to do with it. It's like a, it's like a guideline. Help me out, people in the comments. I'm, yeah, I'm pizza ninja, pizza ninja, I'm, weigh I'm, in on this. I'm please. literally calling bullcrap on that one. No, I don't believe it's, it. It's on the doors before you it, go in. There's like a plaque. What they do? There's a lot of things that people write that I don't believe either. So like, I, I don't believe them. I think they're lying to you. I think it's. I think somebody. It was a backpacker that actually made the signs to be a joke on everybody that comes to those places. Now, just to torment people. This may be controversial, but I think, (laughs) (laughs) let me preface it. I think um, some, like my wife, you know, like one of the, one of the boundaries to see Leonidas knows the urine messes up the chemical compounds. That's what I was saying. My wife, don't believe it. She's not a huge fan of using the restroom outside of, a physical restroom, like here at my house, you can go in and there's a, a porcelain throne, right? That's not in the woods. So the closest thing to that is a privy. So for the ladies, it's more comfortable, I would assume. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a girl, but I would assume that a lot of them are more comfortable going in those like, it's like a closet, the privy is, with a toilet in there, and then they pee in there. Whether they have to pee or poop, they, you know. You know, sometimes just pee in there, and they're trying to avoid that. So I, I'm not saying it's not a big deal for the guys to pee in there too. I'm just saying if every girl that comes along pees in there and it's messing up like the pH and and all this different stuff. I'm not a scientist, as you can tell, but if it's, if it's messing up the chemical compounds. Well, I trust Leonidas more than I trust you, so I'll be okay with it. I guess since Leonidas <laughs> is saying it. Are people are people satisfied with their poop talk tonight? Have we? I mean, had... we're getting a lot of it in. I mean, if people say we didn't talk about it tonight, <sighs> this escalated you know. quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a toilet with bees under the seat. Oh, that is a recipe for disaster. There. That would be uncomfortable. That would be definitely uncomfortable. Ah. So, okay, Doc. In all seriousness, now we're, we are fifty-five minutes into this this uh, this live stream, and I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to tell people about uh, your podcast, which is a thousand times better than this one. And way more professional, uh, so that people can get a hold of you and people can hear what you're doing. Uh, tell them a little bit about how to find you. Fantastic! Thank you so much for the kind words. This is this has been a fantastic experience. I don't know. I think you're you're hyping me up a little bit too much, but I'll, I'll take it. Uh, the John freaking Mirpod started out. It came to me in, as I was sitting in LA traffic. You guys have all heard about LA traffic. 
Uh, I was sitting in the middle of it in January and uh, January 2020, and I thought, you know, how, wh- what am I doing in traffic? How can I get back to the outdoors somehow uh, during the off season? And I came up with this idea of doing a podcast and just start out with uh, uh, some of my hiking buddies coming on and, and us talking about, you know, major concepts and, and some of our trips. And it kind of evolved into more of an interview show. So I, the last couple of seasons, I have been interviewing triple crowners, long trailers, big wall climbers, authors, documentarians, uh, podcast hosts like Jeremiah, and have really, uh, I want to hear their stories. It's really almost like a human interest uh, podcast because there is a story behind everybody. And I tell you what, this this last summer when I was out on the John Muir Trail, I ran into a number of people that I have brought subsequently brought onto the podcast some, some great stories out there. The story of a six-year-old girl uh, by the trail name of Superhero that hiked the John Muir Trail and ended up on top of, of Mount Whitney. And that same morning uh, when she was on top of Mount Whitney, uh, there was also another gentleman on the, on the peak who goes by the Instagram handle Paralyzed to Peaks. He was, uh, became a quadriplegic. Uh, with a spinal injury in a jujitsu practice. And he has battled back uh, to the point where he was able to hike up to the top of Mount Whitney. So it's, it's just stories wow. like that are just incredible. And I find them so inspiring and, and just love to talk to people and hear about them. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Where are some other places people can find you online? So I've got a, a website, uh, the John wordpress.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, John and if anybody has uh, any comments or suggested topics uh, for the show, you can email me at johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com. That's awesome, man. Well, I don't know about Jeremiah, but I've, I've really enjoyed having you on here. I'm, I, I apologize before we even started this thing because I knew what the conversations were going to devolve to. <laughs> and, and so uh, I do appreciate you being on here and putting up with our nonsense. You're definitely um, unlike other podcasts. <laughs> so well, it has been a lot of fun i know we started with outdoor beards i wonder if we could finish with outdoor beards i had a question you guys are talking about it when jeremiah was talking i mean they you're talking about your favorite scent out there or bridget's favorite scent i was wondering if they had a scent uh called hiker trash hiker trash hiker you could have that you could have that scent oh. right up in your beard all all day long uh you know what, what people yeah. smell like out there yeah, after it's a like week old, on the it smells like old ramen noodles and <laughs> right. uh yeah. and rotten water like <gasps> Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Maybe that's, some uh-huh. some Snickers or something in there too. Wow, yeah, that is a, that's a great. <laughs> that is a great, like legitimate. I wouldn't want it to smell like hiker trash, but that is a great <laughs> legitimate name for a scent, dude. Mm-hmm. The irony, could, you know what they could call it? Poser, poser, just poser. You know, because it's like it's for people that aren't really tr- hiker trash, but they want to smell like it. Oh yeah, so rub a dump. There it is, right there. Poser. Yeah, the poser. I I talked to Ivy Tat, long trailer. Uh, He was wearing a hat. Said hiker trash on. I said, "Oh man, I want, I want one of those hats. How do I get one of those hats?" He goes, "Well, not anybody can just have this hat. You have to be legitimate hiker trash." I said, "Well, what, what is, what is the qualification?" He goes, "Well, my definition of hiker trash is that you've had to have spent at least one night in a restroom on the trail Uh. in an outhouse." Wow. Well, I haven't done that yet. I haven't done that. I've done other things, but I have not done that yet. Now, I bet okay. you're disqualified if you do it on purpose. You're like, I'm going to get my hiker trash, my hiker trash badge today. It's going, you know, it's going right on this this vest. Yeah, I guess I'm not true hiker trash yet, according to IB Tat. He's pretty hardcore, though, man. I, even if even if even if he's wrong about that, I wouldn't tell him that. No. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if you I don't know if you tune in his his uh, YouTube videos. He is he is pretty uh, rough around the edges, but he's <laughs> he's a great guy. Yeah, he's a hard he's hard, hardcore man. He's hardcore, yeah. but he's hiked some trails. He has. He's oh, hiked some yeah. trails. Apparently, Darwin has the same criteria for yeah. uh, for this. Mm-hmm. Hey, Doc. So, uh, I was going to ask you um, real quick. Now I could be wrong, but I thought the dropping the G off of ing and words was more of a Southern thing. What inspired you to do that? That is a good question. I don't know. It just kind of rolls off the tongue, John freaking mirror. 
you know, it, it's just that hard G in there. It just kind of takes away a little bit. So I, w- I want to appeal to, you know, I'm from Southern California, but I want to appeal to everybody. And we do have listeners in all 50 states and 60 countries across the globe. That is awesome. Now, how long has your podcast been around? Uh, I started at the end of January, 2020. So yeah. we've got see, three seasons. We're in the middle of our third season right now, about 120 episodes in. There you uh, go. And see, see Jeremiah, uh-huh. what it is, is he, is he watched some of your videos and was inspired <laughs> by your lingo. And that's why he went with freaking instead of freaking. Is he, oh, my exit's rubbing off on you. That's what it is. That's what it was. I know everybody's inspired by Jeremiah. So, Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I know that we're wrapping up, but one of my students today, and I haven't mentioned my YouTube channel and all that, we focus on the education. Well, a number of them found it in one of my class periods, and uh, they were super surprised, as you can imagine. And um, one of them's like, you know, you really turn on your accent whenever you do your YouTube videos. You don't sound anything like that in math class. And I was like, what? So maybe, I, maybe I'm a little bit more city and the 606 goes away whenever I head in and be a professional. I guess on here, we really got the Southern Twain going. Or maybe you're a poser. I and mean, this whole time, you've never had a Southern <laughs> accent, and you're just faking it to get clicks. That's what Jer- <laughs> Jeremiah's really, he, he's, he's calling from an apartment in, up in New Jersey right now. Oh, man. Dude, if <laughs> Jeremiah's I, not even from Kentucky. He's from like he's like from Minnesota or something. If I had a Jersey accent to finish out the rest of this podcast, that would be so perfect. <laughs> this is the only one I got. Hi there. My name is Jeremiah Stringer. I'm so happy to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. Now we know it's it's all come. I mean, we always find the truth, and we just found it. Jeremiah's not really from Kentucky. The truth comes out. Oh, it's it's scary. It's scary. Well, Doc, thank you for being on the show, man. Would you be interested in doing this again at some point? Absolutely, man. This is awesome. That'd be great. We'd love to have you back. Uh, It's been a lot of fun, and uh, everybody seems to have really been enjoying themselves. Look at this. Jeff Peters is calling you out, Jeremiah, faking it to be employed. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do what you got to do, man. You got to pay the bills. Yep. Well, Thank you so much, man. Uh, Jeremiah, got any questions before we uh, start to sign things off for the night? Uh, well, if, Doc, if you'll hang out in the green room for just a minute, I do want to mention uh, what we got coming up next week, and then I, I'd love to talk to you real quick before we hop off here. Absolutely, and I just want to throw a shout-out there to Crawlin' Blind, who has subscribed to the Muir Podcast. Thank you very much. That's oh, awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, hopefully you see a lot more of those. So... We'll see you in just a minute, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep. Once again, Jeremiah, fantastic guest. Fantastic guest. I I feel sorry for him, though, that he put up with us. Like, he's used to normal podcasts where people are, like, good at what they do. He knows how to have a good time, man. That that was awesome. (laughs) I I do want to mention, and I I said this last week, John – actually, John wasn't supposed to be here today and got some plans shifted around and was able to make it. But next week, I think that uh, you're going to be away. So I have an alternate co-host. You could see, yeah, John says it's no mystery. It's easy to figure out. Backpacking with Jason. I mean, backpacking with Dad, if you could see John's shirt right now. That's Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, who loves Zaleski State Park (laughs) more than the River Gorge. John does this fake news on this ticker for the people that watch on YouTube, you don't see it if you just listen on uh, whatever podcast platform. But anyway, yeah, he had one about backpacking with Jason tonight. But he's going to be my co-host next week, and we're having on Nikki, Nikki Rellin. I hope I'm saying her last name right. And she, I'm so excited. She's an author, first of all, which is super cool, but she, she also is a champion professional kickboxer, slash boxer, and also a professionally trained chef and an EMT. And she was in a rappelling slash climbing accident and lost one of her legs and a year later hiked the entire AT. So She's inspirational big time. Yeah, you talk about she's up there, you know, uh, we had on Randy Pierce who is completely blind in both eyes 
and lost his vision. wasn't born blind either. Not not that you have advantage or disadvantage, I guess, but you know, lost his sight and had he's done so much, but he he bagged all those peaks in the winter time. All the forty sixers, right? Yeah. And I would put her right up there with him. So I am so excited to talk to her next week. And we're going to be here Monday night. At, Absolutely uh, inspirational story. Yeah. Absolutely inspirational. I hate that I'm not going to be here, man. Well, hopefully um, she loves it. And it, it's awesome. And it was as much fun as Doc because he's willing to come back. Hopefully she's willing to come back too and you get a chance to talk to her. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely great to have Doc on here tonight. We always have good guests. I love I love the guests we have on this thing, and uh, we are looking forward to next week uh, and the weeks to come. We got some great guests still coming throughout the rest of 2020, and we're starting to book some people into 2021 for these live streams. And we're just gonna have some fun, man. Wait, 2021? It is 2021. You're right. See, here's the problem with COVID. <laughs> you lose a year. We lost a year, man. Like, I don't even remember 2020 anymore. So, yeah, for the end of 2021, going into 2022, we got some great guests coming. That's right, man. Of course, if you're listening to this online, you may not realize this is a new podcast. You may think this is from last year, so I maybe shouldn't have said anything. That's okay. I love our listeners. There we go. All right, man. Well, if you're good, I'm good. I think it's time to go ahead and sign on out of here. And uh, thank you for spending your Monday night with us and not watching Monday Night Football. We appreciate you giving us your time, and we will catch you on the next go-round. Adios, folks.